Good morning, I'm Paul, founder of the new PL Institute and host of the new PL Principles and Leadership in Business podcast. Thank you once again for joining us on our latest episode of the new PL. The new PL was recently selected as the exclusive podcast partner for the Business Change and Transformation Europe Conference, which has been hosted in London here in the UK on the 20th to the 22nd of March. And as part of this partnership over the next four weeks, we will be releasing four special episodes of the new PL. And in each of these episodes, we'll be interviewing one of the keynote speakers from the conference, discussing the topic of their keynote. And just before we start, we've included in the notes that accompany this podcast a special 10% off ticket price code for listeners who listen to these special episodes and then would like to attend the conference. Okay, so we have a fantastic first episode lined up for you today. We are speaking with Oyerinde Thompson-John, Head of Agile Transformation at J.P. Morgan Chase, and discussing her conference keynote, Servant Leadership as a Transformational Strategy, which she will be delivering at the conference on the afternoon of the 21st of March. And again, those details are in the podcast notes. So without further ado, Oyerinde, a very warm welcome to the new PL. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Really glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, perhaps if we just start with a, a quick introduction to you, what you do and who you do it for. Yes. So I had the uh, Agile Transformation as part of the Equities Technology Group within JP Morgan mm -hmm. in London. Lovely. And we're speaking to you today because you are one of the keynote speakers at the Business Change and Transformation Europe Conference, which is in London in March next month. And mm -hmm. you're speaking on servant leadership as transformational strategy. So for those in the audience who are not familiar with the term servant leadership, I think perhaps let's start by understanding what the characteristics are that, that define servant leadership. What are they from your perspective? Yes, that's a very good point. So servant leadership, some may know it as well as true leadership. And it's really somebody who is focused on the team rather than I would say on their own agenda. Mm -hmm. That's one dimension of it. Another dimension is the, look, I would say the command and control versus the, the, the participative um, leadership style. So a servant leader would typically ensure that a, the team is engaged in the discussion and everybody in the team is enabled to participate and have their own opinion mm -hmm. in order to lead to the best outcome for the team and for the organization as a whole. Um, and it contrasts with, I guess, this traditional style of leadership, which were you know, command and control or the expert leader as well, where the leader has really the unique say um, upon the decisions and the outcomes for, for the teams. I would imagine most leaders or many leaders who are command and control leaders or who are expert leaders probably believe they are also servant leaders and so i wondered what what work does a leader need to do on her or himself in terms of their self-awareness to understand where they are on that journey towards or whether they are in fact command and control or servant leadership what is the what is the internal process a leader needs to do first to to bring that awareness to bear? Um, 
the first thing I would say is to let go of fear. Mm -hmm. So typically, in, in my experience, when you have uh, command and control leadership um, versus servant leadership, you have individuals who want to make sure they are in control of every situation. Yes. They want to make sure that they are seen as the experts. Um, there is a fear whereby, you know, if they are seen as maybe not being the ones who know everything, that maybe the, the knowledge comes from the team, that they will no longer be useful. Yes. Yes. So because of that, they tend not to let go. And to become a servant leader, you have to really be able to let go of that fear and also be able to be quiet and listen and not always be the one who is the loudest in the room. Mm -hmm. um, this reminds me of uh, a Simon Sinek a talk where he, he gave the example of Nelson Mandela and how, you know, in as he was growing up, he observed his father in some of these um, leadership meetings because yes. he was sort of the head of, uh, of the, the tribe in, in South Africa. And he would observe that the most efficient leaders were those who spoke the at Know, who spoke last you know so don't be the first to speak don't always come in with your opinion and your idea wait listen to all the ideas laid uh, on the table and then you know give your perspective great piece of advice servant leadership relies on a two-way conversation and two-way embrace of that process both from the leader themselves but also also from their their employees and if a leader wants to move her or his approach from let's say command and control to servant leadership within a business how do they begin that process when the culture they have created the one into which they want to deliver servant leadership has been one that's traditionally built on command and control so if the culture is based on command and control they want to change their leadership how do they begin that process from a cultural perspective Yes, that's a very interesting point. Um, so in investment banks such as mine, um, mm -hmm. this is a, a, a very, um, very typical situation where there tends to be a, a culture, as you said, where the leader has to be seen as having, you know, yes. command and control style. And it's actually, um, in a way, a success criteria. So as, as the organization wants to evolve to becoming more agile, they need to, the, you know, they need to start relearning the, their leadership style. It's essentially, um, it really comes from the top, I would say. Yeah. So you know, at the very top of the organization, there needs to be a change in that perception that those who are the best are those who speak the most or those who are, you know, know, know the most who are the most in control. So once you get that decision um, from the top, that courageous decision, I would say, and that's that's one of the things I'll be talking about as well, is courageous leadership mm -hmm. as well as servant leadership because um, you need to make a courageous and bold decision and then it trickles down to the lower levels of, of leadership and the organization as a whole. And, and is that trickle, is it implicit? Is it just in the way a leader acts? Or do you feel there needs to be a a milestone moment, a, an all-hands meeting, however you want to describe it, where, where that desire to move towards servant leadership is 
overtly articulated a process is put in place or is it a series of subtle and implicit day-to-day -day actions or is it a blend of both? It's both I would say yes, uh, it's a blend of both. There needs to be that decision. Um, you know, in, in terms of the evolving in, in towards change, so the cutter steps, for example, the, um, you know, at the beginning, you need to set the vision. So let's say mm -hmm. that's part of the vision. Then you need to communicate the vision. So that needs to be a very proactive and um, carefully laid out process, you know, the, communicating the vision, making sure that it's it's seen and visible. So obviously, as you communicate it, there are the typical communication medium, but also the leaders at the top will demonstrate this by their behaviors. So that's where you have the decision, the organized communication planning and, and all those things, as well as the daily subtle steps of the leaders demonstrating this in their actions. Um, so, like, so that's why it's a combination of both. And why do you believe servant leadership is so critical to a transformational strategy? Now, how does it underpin that strategic approach? The fundamental point is we are now no longer in a, let's say, complicated world. We are in a complex world. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll touch on that as well during my talk, that now that we are in such um, a complex and very unpredictable environment, it's necessary for, you know, for a leader to have their eyes everywhere, you know. So as, as a human beings, obviously, that's not possible. So we need to rely more and more on our teams. Um, yes. I myself, in, in the way I manage my teams, I'm aware that I cannot be everywhere. We are an organization of um, up to 2,000 people. Um, you know, one needs to rely on the capacity and trust, you know, every team member to be able to take on responsibility for certain things. You know, sometimes decisions have to be made very fast as well. Yeah. There's a different, you know, the acceleration of of um, the need for the quick decision making. So that in itself requires this new style of leadership, uh, which embraces and encourages everyone to uh, to participate. You've talked about in the synopsis for the for the keynote itself that teams led by servant leaders become more autonomous and organizations become more adaptable and and innovative and so on. And, and that's all very true. There is, of course, a, a fine line when we look at autonomy and the, and the need for alignment with the core visions of a business, how we ensure that there is independence and autonomy, but also that there is some sort of coherent and collective alignment. Um, the challenges with semi-autonomous innovation silos, for example, are very well documented. Some tend to drift off from the, the core company vision um, because of the level of freedom that's been facilitated. So how does an organization or a leader recognize where that line is for its organization, where autonomy is needed, where focus and collective um, attention to the vision is needed? Because it's most likely to be a very different line in every in every organization. Absolutely. But that's where the importance of the vision comes in. So I'll make a, a parallel between um, the organization's vision and the direction that we need to take, and that needs to be clearly communicated. And then priorities need to be set. So where the leader can intervene is, if I was to compare this to um, a scrum team, for example, yes. where you have you know, your product owner managing priority, priorities, 
in the backlog. And then you have your scrum master facilitating and removing impediments. And, and that's, these are the typical examples of servant leaders. So there is some structure, there is some gu guidance because we, we, we are clear on what we need to focus on. However, the team is autonomous in order in to implement how this needs, needs to be done. And it's, it's in within those guardrails that you give autonomy to the team. So it's not complete a complete free-for-all. Yeah, that makes sense. You talked about the, the complexity of the world we now live in and the unpredictability of the world we now live in. And that was more than evident through the last three years with, with mm -hmm. COVID particularly. And we, we saw tremendous creativity come out of businesses through the pandemic, largely driven by necessity, the need to find more innovative and creative ways of getting products into the hands of their consumers. And some of this has continued and some of it hasn't. And I wanted to ask you a broader question when we focus on courageous leadership. Do you think the situation that business has found itself in over the last couple of years has made us generally more fearful and risk adverse or generally more daring and courageous? Where do you see where do you see business heading in terms of risk adverse or courage? I see businesses leading towards more courage because um, they've seen in the past, like you said, during the COVID um, period, um, that they, I, I guess there's nothing to lose, you know. Yes. Um, in a way, you know, one makes one needs to make the most of the opportunities. Uh, there are there is a, a vast amount of of innovation going on. I mean, the 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 most obvious I think for me recently is in the AI space. Yes, with the whole chat GTP and and all those things that are coming up. Is is I I almost observe that it's accelerating even more since mm -hmm. COVID. That you know it seems as if all these uh, very intelligent uh, developers were were locked up and. And they, there was nothing else to do than to be creative. So they yeah. come out now, and and everything is is exploding, um, not just in you know in in sort of our usual geographical space, but you know globally in you know in developing countries as well. So it's it's really really a very exciting time yeah. um, to be alive. To be honest, I think there's lots that's going to be happening, and there's more and more courage and innovation coming up. I was at the um, the World AI conference in Cannes last week and, mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right it was incredible the uh, the innovation that seems to have come over out of the last 18 months particularly um it's it you know paints a very very interesting future for the next five years I think yes um, what are the key barriers to adoption of servant leadership either from a leadership perspective or from a broader business and cultural perspective what are some of those key barriers and how do we overcome them so from a from an individual's perspective, I did mention, you know, the the fear of, yes. of losing control. Um, and then from that organizational perspective, uh, I'd say really that um, the risk factor. So mm -hmm. where you, we mentioned just now the courage and innovation, that innovation comes a lot from smaller organized, small entities, startups. That's what where the buzz is. Mm -hmm. Bigger organizations are really finding it harder to to change, really. Uh, you know, it's like steering a, 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 a Titanic ship. You know, yes. it's, it's really trying to, to move to that, to realign. 
And definitely there are quite a lot of barriers there because of the size of the organizations really. Mm-hmm. And trying to deploy that culture um, more broadly. And, and so it's, it's, it's harder to relinquish, relinquish control of such a huge ship, definitely. So it's that's where the challenges are for big organizations. So do you think, with, with that in mind, do you think there are, there are certain organizations, whether it's size, whether it's type of organization, that are that do not lend themselves as easily to a more servant-led type of leadership? Or is it is that open as the basis for all businesses if they want to develop a transformational strategy? Can it fit into any business? Or are those there are certain either size or nature that perhaps it doesn't work as well in? I'd like to believe that is something that's appropriate for all businesses that have to deal, you know, in a this complex and, and rapidly rapidly evolving world that we live in. There are some some use cases where it's been said that it's better to have, you know, your typical expert leaders, um, you know, with with in a more controlled environment. You know, we talked about um, our web studies around, um, you know, education, yes. for example, and and the NHS or, or medical, you know, uh, organizations and those type of things where where they've they've had managers not being experts in the field who have you know made a mess of things. Um, and and you know allowing too much autonomy, you know, like you mentioned, um, have led has led to some level of chaos. So maybe for those specific environments, a more uh, you know controlled and expert type of leadership works best. However, these organizations and these environments do not necessarily lend themselves to a lot of change yes. um, and innovation. So it's it's really just depends because even in the in, in the education sector now that um, you know things like ai is coming in they may have to actually change themselves as well and the that those type of organizations will have to to maybe reconsider you know the type of leadership that works best for them yes and just finally as a last question for today um if our uk listeners have listened to this conversation today and would love to come and see you at the conference what are the two or three actionable points that they can take away from that keynote on the day or the two or three questions that you are providing a real answer to in terms of servant leadership and transformational strategy and change? What will they be able to take away and apply in their business? The immediate takeaway is from a personal perspective, what what do they need to change for themselves? You know, so how they approach, you know, their mindsets, you know, to have a um, an open mind, to 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 learn, to be open, to be open to listening. So that I would say one for themselves. So diff- the mindset, be able to listen um, for the organizations, how they can contribute to the change. So mm-hmm. you know, in terms of tangible actions that they could implement, you know, I'd say. You know, getting people on board, getting the, the right stakeholders around the table and laying down this vision. And I would say then finally, um, for the teams, I would say, generally speaking, you know, how can they learn to listen and, and learn to be um, more attentive to what the needs of their team members are? 
Brilliant. Arunda, it's been a real pleasure to meet you today and thank you for the conversation. Thank um, you for having me. Pleasure. I look forward to meeting you in person at the conference. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed our first special episode today in partnership with the Business Change and Transformation Europe Conference, I invite you to check out the links and the notes that accompany this podcast. There you'll find the code, as I mentioned earlier, to register for 10% off a ticket, and also a link to the Servant Leadership as a Transformational Strategy keynote synopsis. And if you do attend the conference, I'll also be there on the 21st and the 22nd of March. And in fact, I'm delivering the opening keynote on the 22nd, which is on transactional to transformational leadership. So feel free to say hi if you're there. I'd love to meet you and love to chat. So I'm Paul, host of the new PL. Thank you very much for listening today and have a great day.